Welcome in round two. It is the Holy Grail BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com. I'm Chad Grendel. He's Dave Simone, and, and we had so much fun earlier today. We're back for our second podcast of the day. They're going to get and, sick uh, of us. They are going to get sick of us. Well, I, the BBP was like two and a half hours this week, and then the John Cunningham pod, and now this. Uh, they are going to be podcasted out by the too, end of this week. Too much content. Too much content. Always a, always a bad thing on the internet, you know, in a place where content is unlimited that was we'll, we'll explain that in a minute scott okay. uh but l- let's get going we have a uh, another guest today uh scott you're 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 following a tough act as we uh we started off the uh the afternoon with none other than uh maybe the hottest guy in cincinnati right now cincinnati athletic director john cunningham and he uh gave us pulled back the curtain a little bit on uh some of the big 12 stuff and uh, a lot of other good conversation with John Cunningham, you can find that one pinned to the top of the message board. But now we welcome in somebody that, that we don't know well yet. I think there's a, a budding friendship here of uh, internet personalities. Uh, we, we've kind of interacted a little bit uh, since the start of the football season. I wanted to get him on during the bye week because, I mean, you know, his, his interests are our interests. Scott Hines, none other than Action Cookbook, at Action Cookbook on Twitter. And uh, thanks for joining us, Scott. Welcome in. And uh, I know you're a busy guy. You got you, how many kids? I got two kids, both uh, six and four. So Ooh, I stay busy. That's, yeah, that's a that's a busy age. Mine's mine's eleven now. You just kind of wind her up and let her angst herself <laughs> until she goes to sleep. So uh, Dave's 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 got a little little one, and he's, he's like a uh, little over two. Yeah. Ooh. So we run the gamut here. All yeah. the way up to, to 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 not quite a teenager yet, but uh, Scott has a very popular food based newsletter, but also is an alum of the University of Cincinnati. He has written some really really good UC related stuff uh, over the years, and somebody I've followed along with and feared we connect, man. It's good to uh, it's good to have you on and get you in front of the Cincinnati fan base as much as we can here. Yeah, thanks for having me on. What uh, you're a Cleveland guy. We kind of talked about this off the air. You're a Cleveland guy. What brought you to the University of Cincinnati? And when when were you there? Give us a, a frame of reference. Yeah, I was there from uh, 2000 to 2006. I did uh, undergrad and grad there. Came down for the architecture program. I'm I'm an okay. architect during my my non. Oh, so you have a you have a real job. My <laughs> <laughs> day job and then my internet job. I, I stay busy, but. Uh, but yes, yeah, so like the exact same age. I was at Tennessee from 2000 to 2005. So, oh, nice. Except, yeah. except Dave just did undergrad for those six years. Five, five and a half. So the the Tommy boy, you know, lots of people go to college yeah, for seven years. Exactly. I got to get that extra football season. <laughs> That's what it was, right? So, uh, what brought you to to Cincinnati? Uh, so like I said, I came down for the architecture program and, uh, I mean, loved it there. Great, great time at Cincinnati. Uh, I was there for, you know, real period of change on campus that yeah. I'd say the middle of my six years there, most of the center of campus was ripped out as they were building, you know, the rec everything, center. Everything. Or is it go, <laughs> yeah, everything, basically. The, the University of Construction in those days. Oh, my goodness. There were a couple of years for it to get to class. I had to just walk outside the around, around the outside of campus. 
I, I can only imagine. It's uh, what was that kind of reaction the first time you came back and everything was done, and you're like, "This is not the same place that I went to college." I tell you, the 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 in campus stuff was mostly done before I left, with the exception of like the Linder Center, but all the stuff on like Calhoun and McMillan that blew my mind because yeah. that you know I was there for the Taco Bell and then for the couple of years where <laughs> oh yeah of Taco Bell after they tore it down. So to come back and have nice condos and fancy restaurants there, that was that was a trip. And I was gone for a few years because I lived on the East Coast for a while after graduation. So I, I didn't get back as much. I'd go to UConn and Rutgers away games instead. But uh, but yeah, first time I came back, boy, it's a uh, it has changed. And and the football program has changed a little bit in in that time as well. I mean, when you were leaving, what that was, D'Antonio's last year. Or, or going into D'Antonio's last year? Uh, um, yeah, last or second last, yeah. Uh, 2006 yeah. was his last season. 2007 okay. was, was Brian. I just didn't know if you had left in the spring of 06. Yeah, I left or, in spring of 06, so I guess like I got a, his last season. The second to last year. Um, yeah, we, we were still losing to Miami back when I was in college. Hasn't happened in a long <laughs> time, my friend. Well, you graduated and they stopped losing to Miami, so it's you can thank yourself. I'll take it, yeah. <laughs> Makes me feel young, but like, hey, we haven't lost since lost to Miami since I was in college. <laughs> and I'm almost forty now, so I can hold um, on to that for a while, probably. It, it's got to be pretty cool from a distance to have watched kind of that that explosion of just you know the the Brian Kelly era starting it and this football program going from what was an afterthought to now you know one of the more prominent names, especially this season in college football. It's it's been amazing. I mean, the the transformation and you know in in two thousand eight two thousand nine. Not to say that I didn't believe, but it kind of felt it felt unreal. You know, it it felt it felt it felt unreal, and now it feels like no, we belong here. You know, and yeah. and that change from like I can't believe we're you know I bought my bought my Buckeye State shirt in two thousand eight the first time <laughs> above them. But like, well, yeah, now of course we're better than them. Yeah, rated higher. I mean, they're having their quarterback issues. It's just a better, just a better program right now, right, Dave? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I mean, yeah. Not even, <laughs> we're not even comparable. How, how did you get into the the blogging game? Architecting wasn't busy enough for you that that you had to to dip your hand into something this had to be start before the kids right because oh no way with two kids you decided to to add something like that no this started before the kids i um yeah it started out i was i was just on twitter making jokes and i linked up with uh some of the guys who were on sb nation um and uh for about five years i wrote for uh, every day should be saturday uh before it closed down so that was my my transition into the the online sports world. And so most of what I wrote about for, you know, five, six years was was football. I mean, it's more the offbeat end of things. And then uh, about two and a half years ago, I started my own uh, my own newsletter, the the action cookbook newsletter. Which is funny. I started out with that thinking like, oh, I'm only, I was joking about this the other day that I've had three phases. I started and I'm like, well, I'm still writing about sports. That's my thing. I'm going to write about write about football. And then and conveniently, I started this before all the sports stopped last year. I was like, you know, I'm going to write about other stuff, too. I'm going to write about food. I'm going to write about my kids, stuff like that. 
And uh, then I was joking, like, now we're in the third phase. We're just going to write about the Bearcats all the time because it's fun. Yeah. Where did the name Action Cookbook come from? Uh, complete non sequitur. So uh, there was a point, oh, this must have been like eight years ago, when I first started to get a following on Twitter, my old username was like the same username that I had in college that I like, you know, it was right. my screen name. And yeah. I'm like, I gotta, Scott, Scott Hines, you see 27, something like that. It was, it was Bearcat something. You know, I'm like, I gotta, yeah. I gotta, I gotta change this away so that it's not just like linked to every Amazon review I did in 1990. <laughs> and there was this British television show called the Supersizers. And their whole bit was they would, uh, they would take a period in British history and live for a week. Like they were in that they'd eat, eat and drink like they were in that period. It's a very funny show. Like they did one from like the Victorian era and the guy got gout in a week, <laughs> but they did an episode where they were, um, they were doing the 1960s and it was the beginning of like bachelor culture. And like in the first cookbook for men, was written by a spy novelist, Wen Dighton, wrote this cookbook for single men to, you know, impress women with sort of early James Bond stuff. And it was called The Action Cookbook. Oh. And it just happened that like the night I was looking for a new name, I'm like, that's a really funny phrase that doesn't mean anything. Right. And now it seems normal because I read about cooking a lot, but it was, a, that's a complete coincidence. <laughs> so do you give kind of, you know, our fans that might not be as familiar yet like the action cookbook newsletter you said you've kind of had like three phases what would you say you kind of mostly write about but then like mostly like to write about of all the things that you kind of write in write in there sure i'd say there's there's you know the three parts to it that like uh, when i started it was it was pretty much all sports i had a a short-lived podcast it was about sports that it was sort of launched to support and then that we had too many production difficulties to continue that um but i still write about sports whenever i can and uh and especially when there's something going on like the bearcats having their kind of run that's a blast you know i wrote wrote something a few weeks ago about Nippert Stadium and all the history behind it, which, which was fun because a great my, article. Oh, thank you, thank you. And it's fun for me because my audience, uh, some of them are Cincinnati people, but a lot of them aren't. So for that, do, more, do you get do you get a lot of like, why do you keep writing about Cincinnati football, like from the people that don't know the correlation and everything? It was, you know, I've, I've I've preemptively I was joking about that in the last one. Like, guess what? I'm just doing this. But you know, I think I think we make it something people can connect to then you know people I, i've got a I, I hope enough built-in trust from the readers but uh you know for the people who were a lot of my a lot of my readers are college football fans but not necessarily cincinnati fans right writing about like you know james gamble nippert and the whole history behind the stadium a lot of them are like wow that's cool i didn't know that you know and so it was fun to expose some of that bearcat history to people who are michigan fans or florida fans or or whatever so that's a part of what I do. And then um, I have a running thing now on Fridays. I've always got, it's basically the weekend prep guide. I've got uh, a recipe, a cocktail, a music recommendation, a book recommendation, a couple other things. And that's sort of my like anchor. Um, and I try to, you know, 
that's that's what started to pull it away from being just sports and i also write about you know being a parent and, and stuff like that but um and actually i'll, I'll spoil this now because I, I don't know when you air this but uh tonight in, it'll be up tonight okay great in, in, enforcing cincinnati culture on on the rest of the world um yeah i i've made it a, a bit online uh to aggressively talk about Cincinnati chili whenever I get a chance because <laughs> there's too much slander. It is too much slander and I can't abide it. Somebody was tagging me again in that video of the Mets announcer from a couple months ago, ragging on it. <laughs> uh, but now like every time the Bearcats win, I post a, I, I found a gif of the whole That's like making whole, of the three way. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's the, the ladling of the chili, the spooning on of the cheese, the, the hot sauce on the oyster cracker, which people are like, what is that? But like, listen, you, if you knew, you knew it's, it does. Happen. It's life changing. Yeah. So anyways, uh, I'm going to use tomorrow's recipe to expose the broader, broader audience to get a. Ooh, see, I'm a big get a guy. So well, what's your, what's your favorite get a application? Like what, do you just go straight get a, or do you have like a, I like, I, I, I'm a big get a omelet guy. Get a gravy is good. I like, with like I like in the, the way I served it in, in uh, tomorrow's newsletter. I like it with like a poached egg. Yeah. And, you know, nice, nice, messy bowl of it. I love a messy breakfast bowl. There, there's a place down the street for me that has like, it's, it's biscuits and gravy and, and home fries and a big slab of ghetto on top and then two poached eggs and you get the eggs all runny over the ghetto. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's oh, breakfast that's for me. That's perfect. That's breakfast that's for me. Of- that's another one of those things. All the, yeah, I feel like probably 90% of people who complain about, about Skyline Chili have never had it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, well, here's another thing that, you know, might, <laughs> might not look great in the picture, but try it and see. I, I enjoy, like, how some people get, like, mad when you talk, when people talk about Skyline Chili. Like, it's like they're offended that other people like it. Yeah. And, and it's like, well, you just like what you like, man. Like, I don't care. You know, I think Permanti Brothers sandwiches are terrible because I don't want soggy French fries and coleslaw on my sandwich. But, like, I don't get mad if somebody else likes it. But you have, like, these people that are like, oh, my God, it's the Skyline Chili is the worst thing ever. And how could you possibly eat that? And I'm just like, and I don't even like the three ways and stuff. I'm Italian. Like, don't put shredded cheddar cheese on spaghetti. <laughs> on spaghetti noodles but i mean i eat the conies and stuff but like i don't get mad if someone likes it it's a very strange thing that it's kind of turned into this ordeal where people are like taking the fronts that other people like it yeah and you know for a few years i was like no listen if you try it it's actually good now i've just pivoted to like you know what it makes you mad and i'm staring into it right (laughs) and it fits well every time the bearcats win like here comes the chili well and i've said this before because i've been doing a lot of uh guesting in uh big 12 country mm-hmm. and I, I get asked about it constantly and i'm like if you just thought like they the problem is they branded themselves wrong as chili mm-hmm. like it, it's it, it's it's got chili qualities it's but meat it's sauce it's meat sauce right it's greek meat sauce and the spice profile is just different than italian meat sauce and somehow it got labeled chili and, and everybody gets offended by runny chili. Well, you know, the funny thing is, too, I've heard people from like northern Indiana, Michigan say like, 
oh, is this kind of like hot dog sauce? And I'm like, yeah, it's the same stuff. Same thing. Like, my wife's from Detroit. I love their conies up there. It's the same, but it's different. Like, Yeah, I mean, it's still like Greek, Macedonian, you know. Yeah. My, my only gripe to this day with Skyline is that it's just not open late enough. Like, it doesn't need to be 24 hours because they don't have, like, a breakfast-type menu, but they need to be open until, like, 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. Now, wasn't the one, uh, and I don't know if it's still there, though, I mean, I, I haven't been back to that part of campus. Wasn't the one down on Ludlow open pretty late? That one was open later than most, I think. I just feel like it's, it's like the perfect thing to crawl to, get like three conies and a Mountain Dew and go pass out at home after a night at the bar. Like, it's the perfect, perfect, perfect food. Yeah. That. 2 a.m. Ludlow Skyline. So that one is if if you want Dave and your and your hammered, you got to go to Ludlow Skyline. Well, maybe maybe after one of the night games this year, I can make my way over there. So we're Chad and I are both real big on food. You obviously write about food. What is what are you looking for when you decide to write something? Are you are you an at home cook? Are you testing recipes? Are you reviewing restaurants? Like what? He's what putting of, fruit in spaghetti. If you got a problem of, with with shredded cheese on spaghetti, Dave, he puts Jesus, fruit in spaghetti. My, my grandpa just like rolled over in his, <laughs> in his grave right like now. Like <laughs> you're putting apples and shredded cheddar cheese on this stuff. Like I did a so I'm I'm I, I each Friday I'll, I'll I'll roll out a recipe. Sometimes it's something that I've I've concocted on my own. Sometimes it's you know. I found this and I tried it, but here's what I did different. So I'm always cooking and it's, you know, I, I, I cook it sometimes to my, my wife and kids chagrin. Uh, but I, though the, the fruit one, I did something, uh, I have a tweet that has gone around for years, um, about, you know, like spouses are going to work late. You know, like, Oh, I'm going to miss you. I'm going to make something really stupid. or I'm going to eat something really stupid, which it got a ton of traffic for a couple of years. It completely died off in 2020 when nobody's spouse was leaving the house <laughs> back this spring. I'm like canary in the coal mine. It's back, you know? Um, but I found something in a, in an old cookbook that was like really, it felt really stupid. It was a, it's called pasta from hell. <laughs> and it was a, uh, in, like habanero based pasta that also had fruit in it. Oh, so I modified it. The, the the recipe I looked at had way more fruit than I was comfortable putting in, but it had like, uh, you're, you're going to be appalled here. It had bananas and, and uh, mango in it. Oh, it but turned they, out surprisingly good. Like the, the joke, and I, I wrote about this in the newsletter. I was like, I set out to make something stupid tonight, and I really enjoyed this. <laughs> I must just be too good of a cook. So sometimes you just uh, you you luck into something. Yeah. My mom, my mom had a recipe like that. She like, my mom was always one that liked to like mess around and just try different stuff. And she started making her burgers like before she formed the patties, she'd take a one sauce and brown sugar and put those into the meat and then, you know, mix it all up and make hamburger patties with a one sauce and brown sugar. And it's delicious. That sounds good. Now the key is you have to cook them low and slow. Because if you turn the heat up, you burn the crap out of them because it caramelizes and oh yeah, yeah, and and makes a terrible mess of everything. I've I've suggested it to people and maybe forgot to tell them that like do not turn this anywhere over like medium low 
and expect that you're going to have to cook this for a little while uh, to make sure that you do it right and don't end up with a, a pan you have to throw away uh, because everything's black and caramelized, but they're delicious. But it, you know, same thing. It's just messing around. You can see me right now on, on the screen. I'm writing this down because I got to try oh, this. Brown sugar and A1 sauce. It's really good. It's really good. I didn't. I don't. I don't give out mom's recipe on burgers to many people. So that's a uh, that's a secret one that I don't think as much food as we've talked, Dave. I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've ever mentioned that little trick before. No, we we usually just talk like restaurants. Restaurants. Yeah, we do. We're we're big, trying to help out the. Uh, yeah, that was my thing. Like during the pandemic, especially. Like it, it, my thing's always been if you've got a favorite like little mom and pop place that you eat, tell everybody. Oh yeah. Because the last thing you want is for it to close. Everybody's like, don't tell anybody. It's a secret. It's like, hell no. Make that place as big as you can make it so that I can keep eating there. Yeah. There were times definitely in the last year where I was like, well, I've got to eat out. It's a public service. I'm, you know, right. do you tip now? Like even when you just get carry out? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I never did before. Like, or I'd leave like, you know, round it up to the nearest like $5 increment or whatever. But now it's like, you did 90 seconds of work, but here's $6. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, totally, I've totally talked myself into it. The iPads now usually have like the percentages right in there. Right. I'm, like, I'm like, okay, 20%, yeah. Yep. Used to be 20% was when somebody like ran their butt off and did a great yeah. job, like literally spent like 30 minutes waiting on you. And now they get 20% for just grabbing the order from the kitchen and dropping it off the counter. Yeah. <laughs> glad you're open. Please stay open. Yeah. It's worth it. I'm not going to say like, it's funny how that dynamic changed over the, over the pandemic. Well, I tell you like, you know, back in the spring when people started planning travel again, you know, people come to Louisville. I live in Louisville now. Uh, Sorry about that. And, and yeah, you know, like, Hey, where should I go to in town? I'm like, hold on. Let me pull up stuff and see what's open. Cause I, you know, right. My yeah. recommendations might be closed. Are you a, a FABD guy? You go to FABD at all? I have been, yeah. Boy, I tell you, I, I used to live near there, and I would go out for runs and pat, have to pass by there on, on Frankfurt Ave. And, uh, boy, it's hard to pass up those smokers and keep running. I love their wings. God, I love their wings. It's something about their sauce. It's, a, it's, a, it's like a buffalo sauce's cousin. Like, it's not a buffalo sauce. They, they definitely put their own spin on it, but it's in, like, the, it's in the ballpark. And yeah, I, that and I, I love smoked wings. So, yeah, when I when I'm down there, I usually meet one of my friends at FABD and we get we get some wings. Love that That's place. Spot. Louisville's a great food town. Say which Louisville has plenty of flaws, but they do have a lot of really good food options down there. They got bad opinions on sports, but they good food. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Are, are you a tailgate guy? Like are, are you tailgate food? What's the what's number one tailgate food for action cookbook? Uh, I like, I, I'm, I love to s- smoke food. So, you know, I'd, you know, do a, do a pork button advance, bring it out. What kind of, what kind of smoker? Now we're getting serious. I, it, I cheat. <laughs> I'm a pellet smoker guy. I, I cheat completely. You know, the funny thing is, uh, when I first started getting into barbecuing, I was living in an apartment in New York that had a small patio and I, f- I figured out how to smoke just using a Weber kettle, kettle grill there's a if you ever yeah. seen where you just like stack the charcoal around the outside yeah. and i've had enough success with it that i keep talking myself out of spending the money on a smoker i would love to get a nicer smoker but it's i've already got my you know my charcoal grill next to my gas grill and i'm like i gotta i gotta expand the patio if i'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> but uh 
the, the pellet grill game's nice because it's just simple. You dump the pellets in and uh, you're pretty much set to go. So yeah. I've, 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 I've been spoiled on that front, but uh, I had a, I went, I went complete extremes. I was big for a while on the infrared, like when the infrared kind of oh, craze yeah. started. Uh, and then the infrared's great for steaks, but it's hard for most everything else. Hmm. Yeah. Because it's, they, I mean, they get up to like 700 degrees and they're really hard to like main, like get down to 350 or somewhere where you could cook like a chicken breast Oh, and sure. trying to cook a chicken breast at 700 degrees and keep it from, uh, becoming a, a hockey puck is not easy. So then I yeah, went smoker. I went pellet smoker then. Nice. Dave? Well, a couple things I wanted to ask. You recently wrote about the UC Ohio State game from 2002 that you did not attend. Yes. Are you, in hindsight, are you glad or upset that you didn't get to attend the game? So I have kind of give it, give the, I don't want, you give like yeah. the whole article, but kind of give everybody like what happened, why you never made it to the game. Yeah. So I, I wrote about this a few years ago and I, I, I bumped the article uh, again this week because the, the UC Ohio State game was on September 21st, uh, 2002. So that was, you know, 19 years ago this week. I was, um, let's see, this would have been my junior year, uh, was working a co-op down in Nashville and I had I had moved down to Nashville for the fall quarter, uh, but my my cop hadn't started yet, and I was coming back. Uh, I went to high school in Columbus, so a lot of my friends went to Ohio State, and uh, one of my best friends from high school. We were meeting up for the game. I had bought the tickets through UC. We were meeting in Cincinnati. Uh, did the nineteen year old kid thing where. Uh, there were thunderstorms coming through that night. My uh, talking to my parents, my mom's like, don't drive up in the storm. I'm like, I'll be fine. Well, I was on uh, 65 North just around Elizabethtown, Kentucky and a pickup truck going South on 65 lost control, spun out, went across the highway and I hit her at 70 miles an hour. Oh, jeez. So uh, she ended up like they, they flew her from Elizabethtown to Louisville. I, I found out she lived. That was all they would tell me, but that was a surprise. I ended up with just like nine stitches. I was fine. Wow. Uh, but that was like the next morning calling my friend like, hey, I'm not making it to the game. I just got out of the hospital in Elizabethtown. Uh, and then that being the game where we almost almost took out Ohio State during their championship year. So I, I sort of tied that all, all together in this piece. But now my theory on whether or not I should have been in that game, it's got to be some butterfly effect stuff that like, if if I were in the stadium yelling and breathing, that's just enough for one of those drop passes to, <laughs> to be caught. Yeah, but you know, an inch difference. So uh, we could have changed the whole trajectory of, of football. The entire sport. Yeah, I'll tell you this: don't tell Gino Gadulli that it's your fault because he still does not like to talk about that game. We've jokingly yeah. brought it up in his presence a couple times, and you can instantly see the look on his face change immediately like that. That is not to be spoken of in my presence. That's good to know. <laughs> I, I love this one as a UC student that was there back then. How strange is it now to see like a salt and pepper Gino Gadulli on the sidelines as like the quarterback coach? 
Oh man, it's it's strange. Because Gino had a good time in college. Yeah, yeah. If you were at UC, I'm sure you were aware. Yep. Yeah. Gino had a very good time in college, and now he's you know he's got kids and the salt the salt and pepper hair for me just and I I mean I'm I've got the same thing but like it just cracks me up to think like that's Gino Gadula. Fast forward, life comes at you fast. Yeah, I mean, it almost fits though, because I'm getting into the like, okay, I think I'm, I think I might be older than Wes now. How old is Wes? Oh, Wes, Wes is 37, 36, 37, yeah. somewhere yeah, in there. I'm 39, so I'm older than Wes. You know, like coming come to grips with being older than the head coach is is an adjustment. You know, I came in, yeah, you know, into the Huggins era, but. Uh, <laughs> Mick had me by a couple of years and Luke has me by a couple of years. John had me by a couple of years, but Wes, yeah, I've, I got a good five, six years on Wes. So sometimes I've had to remind him, you know, respect your elders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, it fits with everything. Every, it, it, you know, it, it, I don't want it to feel like as long as it is since I've been in college, but to go from, I remember, you know, freshman, sophomore year, that was back when you could still just show a student ID at the gate and walk into the game without a ticket. And now Marshall, Marshall 2007 changed that forever. Was that the, was that the tipping point? Yeah, because they had, they remember they had beaten Oregon state the week before on Thursday night football, Brian Kelly's first year. Okay. And the excitement, you know, the year before you had the, the win over Rutgers. So things were kind of bubbling at that point. And Brian Kelly was a lightning rod as soon as he got to town. So the Marshall game was the week after Oregon State, and like 9,000 students showed up with their student ID to get in. And there's only, there was at the time, I think there was only like 6,000 seats put aside for the students, and they just couldn't stop them oh, wow. from coming in. And it was like, if, you'll, if you talk to people in the athletic department back then, it was like, oh, that was a fight, like firehead. Like that was dangerous. What happened that afternoon? That's like, you know, one of those uh, English soccer disasters sort of. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, to go from that to like, you know, I, I went to I went to Indiana this weekend and I mean, there were probably, I'm not good at estimating crowds. There, there were probably 8,000 Bearcats fans there. And to see that for a road game when back in, back in 02, you know. That was a home game attendance. Yeah. Yeah. If you're lucky. Yeah. Well, it was a home home game this weekend because we were making just as much noise as they were. Dave, you got anything else? Yeah. Like what, what are your thoughts from being at UC in the early two thousands when it was, I don't even know if it was, I lose track of how many damn leagues they've been in great Midwest slash conference USA, whatever it was to now the big East to the American and now finally going to the big 12 like how do you like from someone that's similar to our age but went to uc neither chad nor i did like how do you view all that last you know 20 years it's you know it's it's been a process because yeah it was it was cusa when i came in and i don't i'm trying to remember who was in cusa at the time and it was like southern miss and a lot and of the same teams that are in the conference now the, <laughs> yeah a lot of the american conference teams that thankfully were were leaving behind um you know big east felt great um 
it, it, it feels like a cycle, but I feel like we're, we're building momentum that like, okay, the big East was a jump, even though the big East had lost some steam with, you know, Miami and Virginia tech and, and BC moving on. And then, you know, the deflation into the, into the American conference, but like, the same thing with the Big 12, like, yeah, Texas and Oklahoma are gone. I'm, I'm so excited about the Big 12, though, because, like, with the momentum this program has going into the Big 12, if stuff changes again in 10 years, which the way college football has been going. It always like, does, right? It always does. We'll be positioned to be, you know, to be heading the right direction out of it instead of the wrong direction. Even with Texas and Oklahoma leaving, it just feels way, still way different than the Big East because you just had so many schools that didn't have the same views and weren't aligned the same way. And now you at least have everybody pretty much looks at things the same way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that basketball-football split in the Big East was so awkward. Like, I went to a – when I was living out East, I, I went to a, a road game at Providence, and it was fun and, you know – those are good basketball schools, but yeah, Cincinnati Providence doesn't feel the same as, you know, Cincinnati, Kansas state or. Had to be better than going to a road game at UConn. Woof. Yeah. <clears throat> what an awful football situation that is. You know, I will say the, the <clears throat> I, I started going to the UConn games in 08 and the first time I went, the, the UConn fans were – they had that new fan thing where they didn't know to be mean. <laughs> we were looking a lot that we weren't supposed to be in. We ended up with the UConn fans. And the ones we were with were like, oh, Cincinnati fans, great. You're here. That's You know, you paid was, money to come to this game. Thank you. Yeah. It was very novel to them. So I didn't mind that nearly as much as I minded Rutgers. Rutgers fans were dicks. Because <laughs> <laughs> they thought they, they mattered. Yeah, well, I, we went to the um, – I went to a few games at Rutgers, but we went to the 9 game, the opener, where we blew the doors off of them on oh, later. Yeah. And I remember we were at the very edge of the Bearcats section and had a, you know, like a four-person long Bearcats banner. And it's the end of the third quarter, all the Rutgers fans are leaving, and some dude, like, grabs our banner and tries to run off with it. And uh, my, my uh, old college roommate and I were, like, turning to go uh, – you know, to start in pursuit and some like five foot tall girl from our section, like ripped up past us before we even could and got it back from him. I'm like, she was more ready for a fight than we were. <laughs> were, were you, were you there in 07? Because 07 was one of my favorite Bearcat moments ever with Ben Mock running down the Rutgers sideline, chopping wood. Past I wish I'd been there for that one. I would, I, I think I went in nine and 11 and might have been 13. I lose track, but everybody's gone at 13. I was keeping a good UConn Rutgers rotation there when I was at East. Because <laughs> they were they were alternate years, right, for the most part? Yeah, it worked out nicely there of like one, you know, two to four hour road trip from, from New York City. So, And so I still live, think, I, I just, I want, if somebody from UC is listening, when you're doing football videos, you have to find a, a, a shot of mock chopping wood down the Rutgers sideline because well, that's he one also, of the historic videos in UC in, history. In the same game, he threw a touchdown pass, and when he was running up the field to celebrate, he slapped one of the Rutgers defensive players on the ass. <laughs> I loved Ben Mock. Yeah, he oh. was a lot of fun. Um, if he could have got that second year, he would have become a legendary figure. Oh, yeah. 
yeah. in UC football. So you're in Louisville. You went to the Indiana game. Do you get up to games in Cincinnati very often? Uh, yeah, I went to a couple games in in 19. Um, I had a couple years there where my kids were too young and I you know, right. couldn't do it. But uh, went to a couple games and was all all geared up to go to games last year before, you know, everything went yeah. to the went to crap and then uh I'm, I'm coming up for homecoming this year all right well we'll get get in touch with us we got a, i got a tailgate nice on, t- on top of uh campus green parking garage so you're more than welcome to come come hang out with us and do, do we do a lot of jello shots drink a lot of beers you know me and my you know 60 something year old parents and aunt and everything so it's <laughs> and the nice. food's always really good as well Oh, I, I'll, I'll be sure to track you guys down. Now I'm excited. I've got uh, some of the East Coast Bearcats grads, old college roommates. We're, we're reconvening for, uh, well, for it's, the It's fun. To, like, it makes it better when you like, yeah, let's meet up to go to a game because like, we're actually good. Yeah. You, know, you, have, you have a good reason to get together on, camp, on, your, you know, on campus and see everybody. Yeah. Yeah, these are the same guys. You know, it, the, obviously, 09 was such a – such a culmination and we had a our, uh my my friend dan was in boston my friend mike in new york we uh we loaded up and drove all the way from uh our, our caravan started in boston and ended in new orleans oh wow that is a i drove from cincinnati and that was a drive boston to new orleans oh. jesus we had four drivers we were just trading off shifts stop non-stop 24 hours but i tell you as soon as we got past cincinnati it was so fun going down the rest of the way because we were just passing other Bearcats cars on the highway that you never already had their yeah. car decorated. Yeah. We, we were 12 hours into our drive. We're like, Oh wow. All right. This is getting real. The, the whole trip was awesome until we had to go like, up against Jesus Christ and had the, like the greatest damn game in the history of college football. I have so many pictures from that week or from the, the couple days beforehand I have a picture then of when the Bearcats came out in the all white uniforms and then nothing. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and then there's just a picture of a, a Saints branded beer cup almost empty in my hand, and that's it. That was my, my commentary on the rest of the game. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember, Wait. like, outside, like, I have fuzzy memories of the game itself but like i don't remember any one specific play like, same <laughs> where i could tell you like i mean so many other games i remember so many things about but like there's not one play where i'm like oh yeah i remember where tony did this and like i couldn't tell you who scored for uc all i know is tim tebow was unbelievable riley cooper had a bunch of touchdowns carlos dunlop had a bunch of sacks but like I don't remember anything about the game. And I think Aaron Hernandez had a big game too. <laughs> probably, he probably, I mean, everybody on their offense did, but like, yeah. I don't remember anything specific about no. the like I, said, I, I remember the, them coming out of the tunnel in all white, and I remember us almost fighting with the cabbie after the game, but that's... <laughs> <laughs> I, I non, do a... Go ahead. Non-alcohol blackout, just a rage blackout. <laughs> I do a uh, pregame show at Holy Grail for road games with Tony Pike. And we still razz him to this day about how much money he made Carlos Dunlap that day. He made Carlos like, like, you know, cause Tony now is in the, in the sports broadcasting world yeah. and Dunlap was here. And it's like, does Dunlap even, does he ever thank you? 
yeah, all the was, money that you made him? Spider-Man dinner, right? Right. Poor Tony. He's got two things. Carlos Dunlap that we razzed him about for Florida. And then Virginia Tech. It's like, oh, Tony, just threw another interception. Yeah. <laughs> He's a good sport, though. That, that you you can good. only get away with it with guys that are good sports. There are some that don't take uh, that kind of shenanigans very well. Yeah, well, I, I'd, I'd be nice. I still have my my number fifteen jersey. So, no, Tony's a great guy. We we love we love the uh, we've had him on this podcast a bunch, and, and he's uh, he's been great to us. But he does, you know, he he dishes it out a lot. So he's got to he's got to take a little ribbing. The problem there is, anytime you rib Tony, like that Redding Army is ready to come for your neck. <laughs> you are not allowed to joke with Tony Pike. They they take that very seriously. <laughs> nice all right man well we uh we kept you for 10 minutes longer than i said so i hope it doesn't get you in trouble no thanks thanks for having me on it's been a pleasure if you uh if you ever want to get that podcast started back up i got a network for you okay you see see sports podcast with action cookbook i know a spot we can we can land that thing Ooh. Yeah. Keep it in mind. Keep it in mind. Where, where can uh, where can everybody find you on Twitter and, and the internet and everywhere else? Yeah. So uh, Twitter, uh, Action Cookbook, spelled like it sounds, and then my uh, my newsletter is actioncookbook.substack.com. I, if you Google Action Cookbook, and I checked this today, I, you know, I, I I do come up before the the British cookbook now. <laughs> um, You've made it. Yeah. I made it Big until time. until they uh, they come after me and say, "Hey, no, you can't use that name." <laughs> well, if you're familiar with with Action Cookbook from Twitter and you're just stumbling onto this podcast, it's great to have you. And if you're a UC fan and you weren't familiar, go give them a follow on Twitter. It's uh, it's really entertaining stuff. There's uh, the Friday post I love, just kind of seeing the recipes and and what pops up. And uh, I can't wait to see brown sugar and A one in, in hamburger. Yeah, pop up there someday. I, I did write it down. I, I'm, you know, don't get don't get too heavy handed with the A one because then they become mushy. Okay, and it's yeah. hard to keep them together. So the the trick is in finding the right ratio of brown sugar and A one, uh, because there is such thing as not enough, and there is such thing as too much. So get a okay. happy medium it. But I, I'm looking forward to hearing your uh, your your thoughts on that because it's. It's kind of, it's, you know, it's sweet and it's got the tang of the A1 sauce. It's really good. Yeah, that sounds good. No, it's, it's fantastic. All right, man. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll have you on again soon. This will be a fun one to do in the off season where we can just really screw around and talk food and, and, and whatever. But uh, appreciate can, the love. We can, and, talk, we can talk about the playoff and, you know, the, hopefully the national championship and everything. Yeah, absolutely. What are our right, experience, forget well. our experiences in New Orleans. What are our experiences are like? In Indianapolis, when the Bearcats win the title. Oh, is it? That's right. It's in Indy this year, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Oh, I'm a two-hour we'll drive. It's like yeah. four-hour drive. Looking forward to it. We'll see you there. <laughs> All right. Thanks for having right, me on. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate it. That is Scott Hines. You can just go ahead and go if you want. All We're right. going to keep going. <laughs> that is Scott Hines. Action Cookbook on Twitter. And uh, great to have him on. And that was fun. It was great. Something, something a little different for the off week. And uh, get to know somebody that, that you can tell that guy's a diehard, right? Yeah, he's definitely, he's like you said, I mean, he's just basically said, screw it. I'm going to write about UC and his, his stuff on Nippert was, was awesome. And then he had a good article on like 
you know, everything. He's done a lot of history on Nippert and then had a good article recently about everything I, you, you've learned, you can learn, you know, at Nippert at Stadium. At Nippert Stadium. <laughs> but yeah, it was, no. it was good. Wanted to mix it up a little bit this week. I mean, we, we get, especially on this podcast, we get pretty serious when the season is rolling uh, with, with the content uh, and breaking stuff down. And yeah, we're not, we're not assigning people uh, grades, Harry, Harry Potter characters. <laughs> See, you listen to the BBP. Don't lie. I, I, I never said I didn't. All two and a half it's hours. Just way too damn long. <laughs> it is, but you know, Brady. Brady wanted to go. Like Brady yeah, was he, ready for the off week. He was. He. You were like, all right, we'll let you go. And he's like, no, I'm. I'm still good. <laughs> but no, was, he was having a good time Monday. All right, let's get into. Uh, do you want to do? What do you want to do first? You want to recap Indiana? You know, put a put a bow on Indiana, yeah. or yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk Daniel Skillings afterwards. Yeah, that's fine. All right. Uh, tell me, how awesome was your experience at Memorial Stadium? The place is a dump. Like, where does where does their money go? Here's my thing. Like, and I kind of lit into that ass on the drive back. And I'll just say, like, I totally get there's a labor shortage. Like, there's a labor yeah. shortage in every industry. So I'm I'm cognizant of that, and I'm even cognizant of the fact that your school is in the middle of fucking nowhere. So it's probably harder to find people to work. This isn't like a UC game where don't you have like thirty thousand college students there? Well, but I'm I'm I mean I'm not going to say like, I'm not working if I on a, a Saturday, you know yeah. whether I'm going to the game or not. But like so and and UC does have some advantages like you know a lot of your vendors also do Bengals and Reds and SC Cincinnati so there's just a larger pool to pull from but the, the stuff that blew me away was like running out of stuff that has nothing to do with labor shortage like you just run out of water and you're handing people dirty ass, I heard the dirty ass tap water was like the grossest shit five dollars. ever five dollars. and they're charging you five bucks like you For run out of cups beer of tap water you don't have televisions in the concourse. Like, where, what, 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 what stadium arena? Like, you have these insane lines. The design of the stadium was terrible because you had concession stands on one side, like field side, and the lines would go out. And then you had these, like, pop-up beer wine stands on the opposite end. So those lines would go out, and the lines would converge into each other. So there was nowhere to walk. Like it, it was just, it was a massive shit show. Like I'm getting pictures from people saying they didn't get into the game until halftime. Yeah. Like they had 52,000 people there. This isn't Ohio state or Penn state or, you know, something like that. I don't understand not having walking vendors. I don't understand that's, that. But that's like a staffing thing. So I get like, I, I, no, it's get not, part, I don't think but, it is though, because I think there is a specific group of people that do that specific job. It's not like we took those people off of being right, walk like, around vendors to, to make them work in the right, It's not like stands. we had 20 of them and now we only have five because of a labor shortage. Like they don't right. have that thing there. They don't have, they didn't have, from what I heard, I wasn't there. I was at the grail. They didn't have any like um, standalone little spots where you could 
get a beer or like you know the little that's like what get their, a that's what their taco. beer that was that's what their beer things were those were like opposite side of the like built-in brick and mortar okay. concession stands okay but like which that's what i didn't understand either like you're buying beers like why is it taking 45 minutes to an hour to just get someone a beer and get i don't know it was right. just very it was for all this stuff that didn't go great the first week at the UC game. Like none of it was on this level. It was just. I a, think, and I'll, I'll I'll just say this because this is our this is the type of podcast you and I have, and like, it was just the whole thing was the whitest experience at a sporting event I've ever I've ever had. You're in Bloomington, Indiana, of course. Five minutes before the game started, they're like not their run out music, but like yeah. they're like, all right, game's getting close. Let's get ready to go. Hype music. They just hit play on 1996 Jock Jams. It was literally the dun 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 dun, dun and then uh, right uh, into let's get ready to rumble. Like uh, the, uh, the whole jock jams. Between the third and fourth quarter. They just let it ride. No. Okay, so we play shout between the third and fourth quarter. Yeah. Again, I know I'm in Indiana, but you cannot be serious that you play Jack and Diane. <laughs> between, like to to like get the fans going in a big. Did game. they sing it at least? Like oh, won't back down. Kind of. No, though. No, that's Tom Petty. I know, but I'm saying that's in Florida. Like that's their right. thing. Tom Petty's from Gainesville. I mean, n- not the way that Florida does. <laughs> Right, that's that's only endearing if like the whole stadium but still, like, like the engages back in that down kind of makes sense. Like, I know, but I'm saying if you're gonna do it, like you got to do it. Right, like, but it was just it was just so, like the third down music was not the same for every third down. Huh? Like it was just it just felt so disjointed and weird and like I don't know. I'm trying not to be just like taking a huge dump on Indiana football or whatever, but it was just. It was very, just a very odd everything going around besides the game itself. And it was a million trillion degrees. Like, it rivaled yeah. the Purdue game. I guess they w- they knew they were running out of water. Or they had to assume they were running out of water, and they weren't letting people bring in their own waters and stuff. Like, But, you know, I also saw probably 10 other schools send out messages after this past weekend apologizing for stuff very similar. So it's, it's all stuff that's being um, dealt with everywhere, but it just kind of like floored me that you knew this was going to be your first non-conference sellout since 1987. Like it didn't just get sold out. And they had a practice week, right? They had 47,000 people that they reported for, for Idaho the week before. So you only had 5,000 more people there. And it wasn't they were like all it UC sold fans. out. It wasn't like it sold out <laughs> Thursday. Like it's been sold out for who knows how long. Yeah, they just, were aware. It was just not well operated and just very antiquated. Like you can just tell that the money there does not go to football. Like walking to the game from where we tailgated and looking at Assembly Hall. And, and the practice the, gym. And the buildings that are right next to Assembly Hall and then going to the football stadium, you can tell they're like, this is fine for the number of people that we normally get. Yeah. 
thoughts on the game? Anything extra that hasn't been said? Anything that stood out to you? Anything you want to um, chat about? I mean, really, like going back and watching it in the moment, I was I was kind of like in the moment. I was a little disappointed, like with the pressure from the defense, but then watching it over again, there was a lot of stuff that was like split second away from a sack. Well, yeah, Penix is. is and, I think he's only Pen- taken like five sacks. Penix in two had and a, a half horrible years. game, but like he also made some throws, like where it was like do or die, and if he held yeah. it for a split second longer, he's getting sacked. And he completed a few of them. I mean, 1740 is pretty awful. And the vast majority of the, like, the tight end had six catches for 60 yards. I don't think he had a catch in the air longer than like three yards. They were all like, yeah. The hander shoots really good. There's a reason Cincinnati recruited him hard. Yeah. But like, I just, again, you're down 14 nothing. Road. I'm not going to even like knock Indiana. Like you're on the road, you're down 14 nothing. You're playing like dog shit. It didn't matter who they were playing against; they were playing bad. And you get it to 14 10 at halftime, and at that point, I was like, "There's this is yeah, yeah." Like the defense is just like it's it. I'm I don't know if that if anybody that they play this year now that Dylan Gabriel. Uh, is hurt and will not be playing when they play UCF. There is no one that they play that worries me from an offensive standpoint. Like, yeah, the defense just did they play great at the beginning? No, but like they figured it out. They gave up roughly 75 to 80 yards rushing in the first quarter up until the the guy had like the 33 yard run on the drive that Tim Baldwin fumbled on the two which was late in the fourth quarter. They had like 28 yards rushing in the second, third, and most of the fourth quarter. Right. They did get, you know, going back and rewatching it, they got pressure. They obviously forced, you know, interceptions. Like, like you played a pretty non-existent first half and you score 38 points on the road against a team that might be – not as good as we all thought, but has like real ass players. Like, I don't know what else, like what more you want when you watch people, other teams around the country, like dick around with this team or lose to this team. And we go and we win, you know, not, and I don't think the final score was truly like indicative of the way that the game went. Um, you know, it was obviously close till the very, yeah. fairly close until the very end. And like, I come out of that game and I'm always the, I will always be the glass half full guy. But I'm like, you do all that stuff, whether it was self-inflicted or Indiana caused you to do it and you still score 38 and you still come out with a 14 point win. Like, I don't know what else you want. Like, you faced adversity. You had some things go against you. You, like I tweeted after the game, like these guys, they're just, they're relentless. They do not, they don't fold. Like the defense just, hey, we need to make a stop in the red zone again. All right, we'll make a stop in the red zone again. Like, I don't, you just have yeah, supreme that- <clears throat> confidence that, that they're going to get the stops or make the plays when they need to make them. That was the thing that I had, like, took exception to with the whole, like, you know, 
they slept walked or you know they they played like shit yeah there was a phase there was a phase that played like crap they played bad for 28 minutes well there was a phase that played like crap for 28 minutes even with the defense not being at their best right they still found a way to keep them in the game to make sure that it wasn't 20 to nothing 24 to nothing whatever you know you you get no first downs on your first six drives you should be that you should your normal normal team is down at least three touchdowns. Right. Like you just can't sustain that type of defensive effort and field position and you know and stuff like that. So yeah, they kept I mean to be on that's why I say being only down 14 to 10. Um I I was like, there's no way the offense is gonna do that again for another 30 minutes. Yeah. They just have uh, I, in- I will say also like it's time to start giving Mason Fletcher a little credit, right? We, we have not had to talk about this team's missing Jimmy Smith. He, oh, I agree. Like, I'm not saying time. he's been great. No, I'm his, saying his one is the, the biggest pun of the day was his worst, roller. but it still yeah. wasn't awful. Like he's averaging. I, I looked at stats yesterday slash today to kind of see where certain players were and where the team was in certain stats. Um, he's averaging like net, like just over 40. Which is right. I think Jimmy was at 42 yards his freshman year. I mean, he's a, he's a, and the thing is like, I don't, if you average 40, that's fine. You know, they have like one punt return for four yards against them in three games. Yeah. So like, if you're really just flipping the field 40 yards on average. I'm cool with that right now with the way the defense is. Feel pretty good about things. Like, yeah. Like for a team that blocked two punts, ran a punt back for a touchdown, ran a kick. Like I didn't see any of that from Indiana this week. What was the scene in Memorial stadium as Trey Tucker put his foot in the ground at the 30 yard line and just loud because like, they, the, the grail was insane. They just scored and, to put that right on top of them. It, I feel like that type of stuff is always like deflating, it, but even more so than a regular touchdown because it's like, we just scored, we're at home. All right, we kind of, they went on their 17-0 run, we scored. And then to just put that right back on top of it, just reemphasizes like, we're not going away. Right. Like, you got to keep playing playing very very well there was definitely some marty to that wasn't there like big time big moment oh yeah need something to happen and all of a sudden trey tucker's just i don't know that i've ever seen somebody be that in the clear well that their kickoff well that's because their coverage on that kick was was awful. awful yeah it was awful like there's no way you have you have all 11 of your guys wash out that far to one side like it's just it was terrible. he was only like five yards from the sideline though like they thought they had him bottled up no but they were the backside guys are were yeah way too well i mean their leverage was just atrocious he did so. a good job selling going right though and that yeah. was a kickoff right which is yeah I mean, you know. he just kind of brought it up the hash and then and then cut it cut it back but you got to have like two or three guys that are that are there for i mean they're just washed way too close to the sideline 
And they wouldn't have caught him even if they were there, though. <laughs> no, but <laughs> you maybe at least get a finger on him. That cut because you're <laughs> standing there. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't have too much more on Indiana, really. Do you? No, I mean, I just like I I laughed this week, like you know. Micah McFadden must be like the greatest football player ever. How bad of a recruiter is Tom Allen to recruit that backup linebacker? Well, I mean, is that you just go down to your basement and, and get your get your son or whatever? But like, like that was a huge play, and I, I guess one, I hate the targeting rule in general. I don't think guys should get ejected. For, I mean, if you do something crazy egregious, you should be ejected. But you should. But that wasn't crazy but like, egregious. But I also, like, we hear, you hear a lot of, like, the targeting one, targeting two. I'm not really into giving the, these crappy officials more subjectivity to decide right. whether it's targeting one or targeting two. Like, I just, I'm just not big on being ejected for stuff like that. Um, like, 15-yard penalty, sure. Like, you because the other side of it too is it's not, not not only is it not called right defensively, but like outside of James Hudson, it's never called on the offense. And right. running backs, running backs and wide receivers are the ones that initiate that helmet to helmet way more than you know defensive backs and and linebackers do when it's a play in space like that. But right, not that the death play was. I just I'm not going to be like the I just like to give credit where credit's due, and I just didn't think that he deserved to be ejected for that play. Like, it was not... It should have been a 15-yard penalty. He should not have had to sit the rest of the game out. But at the same time, please do not try to then tell me that the game totally changed there and that you could not recover for 30 more minutes of, of football because he wasn't in the game. Like, they asked Tom Allen the next day or whatever about yeah. what, what changed. Like, what did Cincinnati do differently? And he didn't even answer that part. He just talked about, like, how losing Micah, like, sucked, you know, it was a sucked there out. Or, you know, he might not have put it that again. But, like, come on. Like, your linebacker is the reason. Missing your linebacker is why they scored 28 points. And had him a 300 yards of offense in the yeah. second half. But you he know. would like to think that's not the case. No, it's, you know, but on we go. And, and next week we will uh, finish off and win the Indiana State Championship since we've already beaten Purdue twice and now Indiana. That would be, uh, yeah, you know. We can take down the Indiana State Championship. Although I have a bad feeling about the Irish this week. Yeah, I'm afraid it's not going to be pretty for them this week against I Wisconsin. Think, I don't think, I don't think Wisconsin's gonna, offense is any good. The game's though. going to be atrocious to watch, I think. <laughs> yeah. Notre Dame somehow keeps getting worse each week as the opponents get uh, better. So. Yeah. And their offensive line is awful. They're giving up. They've given up the most sacks in the nation. 
<clears throat> they're 115th in rushing, which is what they were supposed to be good at. They were supposed to, were supposed to be a Heisman candidate, wasn't it? Um, apparently, they don't throw the ball to Michael Mayer anymore. Seems like a mistake. And uh, tell me if you've heard of this one before. One of their outside receivers last week against Purdue. Mm-hmm. Eight, eight targets, zero catches. Ty Freifogel? He had one. He at least had one, and I don't even he think did he had eight targets. No, he had eight targets, one catch, 13 yards. But, yeah, so I don't know what's up with Notre Dame's offense. And, like, their defense – I mean, Kyle Hamilton, we'll get into them much more next week, obviously. But, like, awesome, awesome, awesome player. But outside of him, like, I don't know. I'm certainly uh, – I was already feeling good about the game preseason. I'm certainly feeling better as, as we move closer. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I think at this point in time, unless something – the switch drastically flips for Notre Dame, Cincinnati is clearly the better team on offense and defense going into this weekend. We'll see if the opinion changes after Notre Dame plays Wisconsin. There's something going on there. What? Oh, my cat, cat's meowing. Gotcha. But uh, yeah. So any uh, what other football stuff do we? I don't really have anything else for football right now. Deal. No, I don't think so. I mean, the league still sucks. Um, <laughs> Dylan Gabriel's yeah. injury obviously is a huge loss for them. Um, SMU pulled one out of their ass. Boy, that was – although I, I said this mon- Monday on the BBP, they say that's a design play. If that's a design play, that was fucking brilliant. Yeah, and it kind of looked like a design play because they had – the guy that came in and tapped the ball over, like you could tell that was his intention. He came from off to the left, ran was to it the also, middle. It was also apparently Louisiana Tech's intention to just stand there. Well, yeah, look, I mean. Look at the fucking ball as it's coming down. And no, no, they, no one did anything. You need everything to break perfectly for something crazy like that to work. Right, like, if you're going to say that's a design play, you're also, like, assuming that so many other things, like, I don't believe that for a second. That's like, one of the – you know what that is? You know that every year they do that, um, that like, uh, I forget what it's called. The scrimmage, like, the last day of camp. Yeah. The scripted, like, right. special like, teams, I'm sure special it's situations. Des- I'm sure it's designed to have, like, guys come in after the fact so they don't all get bunched up and there's someone there to – to catch the tip but like i don't want to hear that like oh yeah our guy like knew to like bat it right to the other guy like no but i mean that's the point like yes it's also a complete shot at louisiana tech but i like i can see that's how it like works on air right we throw it up this guy comes in at the last second taps it to the guy on the right standing there where no defenders are like i get that that's something they might yeah we practice that all the time oh of course you do but you never practice it against a live defense that's trying to stop it no it was just a 
an abomination by Skip Holt's coach team, which big, what a surprise. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, they play TCU this week, so that'll be. It's going to be interesting. Very interesting game. Um, the rest of the league is. I mean, Memphis won because the SEC refs are real, real bad. I mean, like <laughs> two, two missed calls on the same play. The first one I don't think was missed. That guy didn't blow his whistle. He went to blow his blow his whistle, and then he like caught himself. Like he went to put his arms up, but he never waved it dead, and he never blew his whistle. I think he realized, like, oh crap, this is odd. He yeah, caught but they, didn't the SEC say that they missed? Of course, because the too? SEC team lost. Yeah, but no, then they missed that. That Memphis had two two guys number fours. That's right. where they screwed up. They had two number fours. <laughs> uh, we talked about that Monday night. How do you get that wrong? Cincinnati changes numbers every week. If there's even a remote possibility. Yeah, that there's Justin Harris has been number twelve. Well, no, what? Todd Bumpus was twelve this week. Justin Harris is just out for a little while. Oh, okay. Again, I'm, that was one of the worst collisions I've ever seen in football in the Murray State game. I mean, but, but prior to that, prior to that, yes, 12. he had switched to number twelve. Uh, my daughter, my daughter played me for a fool tonight, Dave. Uh, what's new? I, I don't know. Now she's going to come up and tell me how she didn't. She she claims that she's been sitting in a McDonald's drive-thru no, for we 40 minutes. We were going to go to the Wendy's. And Wendy's was wrapped right all around the building. <laughs> and we were going to go to Frisch's. And Frisch's was packed. And then we were going to go to McDonald's. And McDonald's is what we chose. And McDonald's was wrapped around and both lines were full. And then we were going to go inside and order and do it. But their dining room is temporarily closed. And okay. the drive-thru was open. Was uh, was she driving or running? Because she sounds like she's out, like out of breath. Ew. Come on, tiger. Go take the dogs out. We really need Kelly to come home, Dave. <laughs> we really need Kelly to come home. Really, really bad. Oh, well. Uh, let's get to uh, basketball, Dave. Yeah. Wes Miller gets his guy. Impressive. I know I've taken a lot of heat. Look, all I can say is this. Monday, to say things were trending to NC State would be a vast understatement of the situation. And Wes and and company went to visit Roman Catholic High School on Tuesday. And they got the ship sailing back in the right direction. And Cincinnati lands their number one target in shooting guard Daniel Skillings. Dave, I think this kid has as big a potential as any of like the guards, guard wing types that Cincinnati's recruited right up there with Jaron, right up there with Jake, right up there with SK. Um, I'm not saying he's better as a recruit than any of those guys. What I'm saying is he has the potential to be just as good as any, any of those guys were in red and black. Like he, He's got a lot of the package. He's not the complete package, but he has a lot of the package. What uh, what are his best attributes? What, what do you like the most about his game right now? I really like his basketball IQ. Um, he's a good shooter. He's not a great shooter yet, but I'd say he's he's closer to great than he is to bad. 
Um, he's got nice form, nice release. He's got a soft touch. It's a little low and slow, uh, but not anything that's like drastic, right? Um, he can really get to the rim and finish. I love his ability to offensive rebound. That was talked about, I think, in, in Justin Williams or Eric Bossy's article today. And I talked about it back in the summer when I was scouting him. Um, he's a kid that has a knack for offensive rebounds. From a two-guard spot, that's not normal. Like, that's not something you normally get. And uh, his coach said that was because, you know, when he was playing pickup ball when he was growing up, nobody would give him the ball. So he had to figure out a way to get the ball, figure <laughs> out a way to get the ball, you offensive rebound. And um, I just, I'm, I like him as a kid, like to think of what that kid's gone through, you know, his, his dad was in and out of jail. His mom's never been around really. He's bounced around living with coaches, family members, and, you know, his uncle finally stepped in and kind of helped stabilize his life. His dad's, you know, out and, and on the up and up now. Um, but a lot of those kids are pretty rough around the edges, man. You know, like mm -hmm. this kid's humble. He's, he's smart. He's taken all of the, the crap that life has thrown at him and hasn't let it define him. And, and I love kids like that because that's life, man. Given my situation right now, you know what I'm like, we've been there. I know, I know that you have to just keep going. You have to make the best of whatever crap is thrown your way. And most 17 year olds don't have that ability. Most 17 year olds don't have that perspective. He's a, a kid that's always in a good mood. Like you could tell when he was um, on his official visit, when we were at the, the fan fest, like he was out joking with the guys, like he had been in the program for like five years. And I knew at that point, like they're going to have a really good shot to land this kid because he just kind of instantly fits the culture that Wes is looking for. Um, I think he's got a chance to be, and th this obviously changes in the big 12 uh, in the American, like he had had a chance to be like player conference player of the year type. In the Big 12, I would say, you know, I'll, I'll temper expectations. As his, as his career progresses, he's got a chance to be an all-conference Big 12 player. Like, he has that much of the things that you need. And to think that his, he's only been playing organized basketball really since 10th grade, the upside is bonkers, right? Like, as he continues to learn the game and, and offense and defense and uh, the, the finer points of organized basketball, uh, this kid has a chance to just be outstandingly good. And from what I know, like I know where his ranking is right now. I'm, I'm expecting as we go through the next round of rankings uh, here soon, you're going to see him get another bump and be in that top 75, pushing towards top 50 range. I know all the national guys I know that saw him over the summer were like, wow. This kid's really got a knack for for just knowing how to play. It's a huge get for Wes Miller. Huge. What do you think kept? I mean, who who were obviously NC State, but who NC who State Pitt pushing for N him at the end? NC State Pitt and Miami were kind of the main competition. Um. They had had, you know, coaches regularly at his high school, all of them. Miami was hoping to get a visit this weekend. 
And unfortunately, things, you know, as, as Daniel told me, he kind of cut it down to two after the NC State visit because he had, he had felt Cincinnati and NC State were, you know, the two best options that he had. Um, you know, I think a lot of it, you know, some of it is just, just coming out of the pandemic and not being seen as much. And right. I, I, I joked about this um, on the radio earlier today, like the, the biggest kind of running joke at those Philly pride games uh, on the Under Armour circuit this summer were like, please don't let Jay Wright accidentally walk by this game. <laughs> like, please don't give this kid a reason to like stay close to home and go to Villanova. You mean, uh, you mean Temple wasn't after him? Oh, Temple was after him. Guns blazing. I sat next to Aaron McKee and all three of his assistants at one game. So, yeah, this is the type of kid like when I watched him, he would have a quote unquote off game and you would go check the scorebook and he had 23 points and seven rebounds, six rebounds and a couple assists. Like those are the type of kids that you, you, and it's what I talked about uh, throughout the summer. It's what I talked about. Like when I talked about somebody asked me about Josh Reed, they thought I was down on Josh Reed. It's like, it wasn't that I was down on Josh Reed. I just didn't think Josh Reed was like a number one option guy. Right. Mm -hmm. He's a really good complimentary. He can play the three and the four. He can shoot, can handle it a little bit. He can be a mismatch. There's a lot of things that Josh Reed does really well. But I didn't ever think that Josh Reed was a guy like throwing the ball and get out of the way. I oh, think Daniel thing. Skillings very much can be a throwing the ball and get out of the way guy. You also have to take into account, like, you got to recruit a different guy now. Your board yeah. is not what it, what it was. Like, you're now recruiting kids that you anticipate competing with the defending national champs and a team that has won the league up until this year, like, 100 years in a row. Right. And a West Virginia team that's perennially in the tournament. And I don't even know who their coach is, but, like, Texas Tech was good under Chris Beer. Like, Kansas State under Bruce Weber, Oklahoma State. Like, you're not recruiting kids to play. ECU and Tulane and South Florida. Well, but they were recruiting Daniel Skillings to play against those guys. It's just that they were trying to swing out of their weight class. But he was right. He was at the top where they felt he's a great player in that competition. And now he's a good player. Very good player. Against, in what we're, in what we're yeah. going to be going to. And it's just like those other guys aren't your number one targets. Like that, I think that's a different different player. Yeah, I mean they, Reed's Reed's been pretty recruited pretty exclusively, not exclusively, but pretty heavily by high majors. Like <laughs> I just think he's like a. This is what I said on the board today. I think Skillings is the type of guy that you build around, right? He's not a type of guy that, you know, we feel like we got a really good player. He's the type of guy that you feel like, you know what? We went out and we got a guy that, that's going to make a difference twice a week. Right. And you absolutely had to get one of those in 2022 to get ready for going into the Big 12. And now, boy, they're, they're swinging for 2023 already. 
Yeah, tell give me a little bit more on that. So offered a couple offers today. Uh, the main one being Omaha. I don't even know Billy you Billy you he's from Iowa. He's playing at link year prep uh, link year prep for those that don't follow uh, super closely to things is the home of the prep school home of Hayden Koval, Jared Hensley and AJ McGinnis. So there is a very close relationship between Wes Miller and the, the guys that run link Year prep. And, and it's funny how this stuff works, right? And, because and that is in Missouri. Yes, it is in Missouri, which is strange, but whatever. Well, I mean, you know, a lot, here's what I will uh, on that. Here's what I will say. Um, I'm learning this now. And I don't know that this is the direct connection but this is something I'm learning as time has uh, gone by with uh, Wes Miller. Those guys that played in that NEPSAC in the Northeast Prep School League, like they're all connected, like incest. <laughs> like they just know everybody everywhere because it would be like, you know, in the summer, it'd be like, hey, do you know somebody here? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That he played at such and such prep or uh, they know a guy that was, you know, used to helps run the, the organization or whatever. The, the connections in that Northeast prep school league are ridiculous. Now, like I said, I don't know that this is a connection from there or North Carolina. I would guess North Carolina, because I think link has had quite a few kids from North Carolina that have gone to Branson, Missouri to play prep school ball. Hmm. I can get Omaha. That kid's from Iowa. Mm-hmm. I can get a kid from Iowa going to Missouri to play prep school ball. But like AJ McGinnis was from North Carolina. The other offer today, Trey Green, a uh, combo guard, was from is from North Carolina. That's now at Linkier Prep. So I'm guessing that one's probably a North Carolina connection. Yeah. But Wes is. That was one of those things that like when he was at Greensboro, that school was just getting started, was just on the come up. And he was able to get a couple players out of there. And now, like, they've blown up. You know, Omaha's the number five player in the class in 2023. And, good. yeah. And, and Trey Davis, or Trey Green, is a, a four-star on ESPN. Um, he's going to be a top 150 guy at 24-7 when they uh, release their next set of 2023 rankings. Um, so it has become one of the hotter prep schools in the country. And it just so happens that, that Wes Miller is uh, well-connected. So that is definitely one to watch. Definitely a place to keep an eye on. Um, you know, they, it's one of those things, like they've had players that they've sent to Wes Miller or that have gone on to play for Wes Miller that are, that are starting to blossom and really turn into something. And that's how a pipeline gets built. And that's how all of a sudden you find yourself, you know, involved with their four and five-star guys every year. So something to keep an eye on that happened uh, today because Wes was there this morning watching workouts um, and then offered both of those guys after workouts this morning. Busy day. Indeed. Busy day. Indeed. (laughs) Anything uh, 
hopefully people you know listen to but anything that uh of interest to you that came out of our conversation with john cunningham today i loved how forthright he was talking about you know hey after that first game i wasn't happy with my team i didn't think we did a good job handling game day uh you know at his first real experience at a full nippert stadium and it takes a lot because usually they they just want to you know pump their team up I, i think that shows and i think if we you know if that happened six months ago he probably doesn't go that route. But I think, yeah, again, yeah. as we, we noted with Luke Fickle, like, what, two, three years ago, that's a man that's starting to get comfortable in his skin in Cincinnati. And yeah, I think John Cunningham's starting to get comfortable in his skin. He said, you know, it wasn't anyone's fault per se, but we had right. misses on stuff that we shouldn't have missed. Yeah. Like, not easy, you know, easy he stuff. He didn't kill anybody or throw anybody that, under the that, bus, but you know, we didn't do a good job. In hindsight, shouldn't have been a problem to to do that's what i think we're going to like about as we go forward with west and luke and and now cunningham kind of moving into a more noteworthy role i think you got three guys that are pretty honest about it right if if, if something's not good they'll let you know we didn't we didn't like that but they don't do it in a disparaging way they do it more in a way of look i'm the guy in charge and what happened in that aspect wasn't up to our standards. And we're going to work to fix it. And here's the difference, Dave. Here's my big difference. I was, you know, I've been listening to, to Zach Taylor a couple of times over the past couple of days talk about the Bengals. <laughs> Why? I've just been in, you know, between going to the hospital right. and back and yeah. sitting there like, I got a lot, you know. I don't believe him. Right? Like when he says a lot of, I just don't believe that, like, he believes it. I think he's saying it to say it. I don't get that feeling from any of those three guys right now. I, I don't know if you agree with me or not, but I get the feeling they they shoot you pretty straight. If they say they're not happy with it and they're looking to fix it, there are meetings happening well, probably was, before was, the interview. It was obvious that they fixed it because the second game was much better. Things went, at least from my what I saw, went much smoother. So, Anything that stood out for you? I mean, probably that, and and I I just think that, like he's you know he's still not going to give us everything, but he's definitely right. He's de- I think I just feel like he you know answered the questions that we had and didn't try to you know skirt around you know I wish he would you know I wish he would have let us run with his Miami comment. <laughs> no, it is what it is. I don't want to get him in trouble. He didn't say anything. I didn't edit head. it. There's nothing edited. I know. What he said is what he said. <laughs> Might have made a face, but what he said is what he said. I feel like when the scheduling question, I don't know, I could be totally off, but I think I get the sense he leans towards nine conference games. I got kind of that, like, he seemed a little bit more comfortable with his plan for nine than he did with his plan for, for well, eight. That's what they do now. You just add yeah. more, you know, he, right. more, you, it's what you do now. So, but I think, you know, he was quick to talk about, yes, you have uh, more chances for losses because you're playing more better teams, but he's like, but you're playing better teams. 
Right. So you're getting better games in your building that theoretically should be of more interest to your fan base. Correct. I thought it was good. I thought that's the best. Like, we've had him on a couple times now. <clears throat> I think we're building a little bit. Or at least I've had him on a couple times now. Was that your first time in this setting? I think it was your first time in this I setting. Think so. Game. Again, that's why I, I kind of just let you handle the, the bulk of it. I don't think people understand that dynamic between us a whole lot. Like, <laughs> look, it's a, it's, a, it's a fan podcast. You speak for the fan far more than I do. So I'm the, I'm, more, I'm the people's fan. I'm more comfortable with you asking those questions because the, the, a lot of that stuff is stuff that matters to you. It does like, I'm not in the stands. I'm not right. dealing, like, I'm not, that's not my world. My world is different than what your world is. So I just think it's better if that stuff is coming from you because it's, it's a lot more genuine. Well, yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm, taking a lot of the stuff we hear on the board and we have a yeah. vehicle to, we have a an avenue to ask the questions but i'm also a fan who is experiencing that where like no i'm not you don't not that i'm not though. like you go to the game early and you don't experience lines getting into the game or parking like stuff that everybody else does if i'm thirsty i walk over to the 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 Gatorade tub on the home team sidelines and I grab myself a Gatorade. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not standing not in line to get a drink. Lines, you're not, you know. Yeah. So it's if I gotta go to the bathroom, I go in where the team locker room is and I go to the bathroom. I just give them an immense amount of this is the most we've ever seen this Dave. That's what I'm saying. Like you want you talk about you're going to talk about customer service and you're going to talk about fan experience and everybody does every school does this but like how many of the schools are legitimately like listening to the yeah. the, 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 the the bad stuff like the critiques and and even if it's just like some one person and no everybody else would be like I don't see that as a big deal, but like it's one person, it's a big deal too. And I just feel like they're, uh, you know, they're more, they're just more willing than anybody I've ever seen, at least here in the past, to take things on, you know, head on, listen to the fans. It feels like, and say and that you... they screwed, like say that they screwed up, right? And then say, here's how we're going to fix it. Not just it'll be different or it'll be better, but like, here's how, like, this is what we plan on doing. And we're going to see if that works. It, it, it just feels like he's hired people that understand this. Like he's built a team around him that are expecting. Like I even heard like during, you know, during the, uh, the Miami game, I they're, you know, down on the field, there's, staffers running around and talking and like they were cognizant of like it's gonna be a long it's gonna be a long meeting monday morning right like not we're not gonna gloss over it we're oh, not we gonna had, say everything's the, fine we had the fan council meeting for september the week after the miami game. yeah and yeah it was i mean it was you know they had like 
1200 survey responses within like the first couple days and they were still yeah. coming in like that was on tuesday they were still coming in on tuesday and you know the majority of those were were negative things no, you don't yeah. hardly anybody takes time to fill out a survey just say like, when they're happy right good but, job bravo jolly yeah. good job but i also told him like i told him i was like I know you guys think that it was a mess, but like you can't be everything to everyone. Right. And like from my perspective, like I had no issues with anything. But I'm like the most low maintenance you know. Yeah, fan. you're just a loud mouth on the internet. Well, I just I go <laughs> into the game fairly early, I get my beer and I go to my seat. Like I don't Right. There's not a lot you don't got you don't gotta do a lot to, to make me please happy. Dave Simone. Um, but but no, people, I, it's different. Like if you have, if you're looking for a certain experience and it wasn't met, then you know you want to see that effort is being made to rectify that, and that's it's clearly being made. It's never going to be perfect. It's a small stadium in the middle of yeah. campus that has like five entry points, and for forty thousand people. Where like you know, I use my own mater as an example. Yeah, Tennessee has a hundred thousand people. It also has like the whole the whole place is an entry point. It also has like twenty six gates. Right. And it's still a pain in the ass to get in there, depending on what gate you're in. Sometimes. Right. So like, I mean, part of it is it is what it is. Like, you want it full, then it's going to take you longer to piss. Don't don't complain when there's nobody there, but you can go pee real quick. Right. Like. It's not. It's never going to be perfect. There's not the space to do it. They can't just build a new perfect stadium in the middle of a of a swamp like UCF did. But as long as you have an administration that seems like this one is in terms of we're going to listen and we're going to do everything we can to try and fix it. Right. We're not going to be perfect, and there's going to be stuff that's going to screw up, and there's going to be days that aren't great, and that there's going to be stuff that goes wrong. Because it's a major operation, but we're going to address all of the concerns. I think that's what like the biggest problem was with the first game and like comparing it to like the Indian experience. There is a built in expectation when you go to a sporting event that of what's going to happen. And when that expectation in your mind is like, way out of whack of what is actually happening, I think that's when people get upset. Right. Like, I expect when I go to almost any sporting event, like, you're going to wait at a concession stand. But, like, do you really got to make me wait 45 minutes? Like 10, 15 minutes? Understandable. I know. I'm, I'm in line with a bunch of people that are at the same place that I am trying to get the same thing I'm trying to get. So, like, and then if you it's know that you're going to have this type of an issue, like, like that was the thing that like i mean i try not to like keep going back to it but like if you're gonna make me stand in line for 45 minutes at least give me a damn tv to watch the game on right and you can you're purposely making me miss the game you had you even had that at uc and they got nowhere to hang tvs they put them in the concession stand right like it's it's not hard but no i think it is hard if you don't have a team addressing the issues and everybody being on the same page as to what right. the expectation is. I think that might be the thing. 
forget the big 12 and the the west miller john brannon blah 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 the luke fickle extension the indoor practice facility coming together like i'm just super impressed by how attentive they are that we're asking you to spend your money and we want you to have a good experience yet like look i'll say this this is not going to be popular you know why people are picking tv because the experience at the stadium sucks. Yeah. If the experience was good, people wouldn't be picking going to the games. Nobody talks about that, Dave. Nobody talks about it. They just say, well, it's, it's easier to sit at your house and drink cheap beer and watch on your 60-inch flat screen. Yes, I, I, well, I, I, I agree with that to an extent. But if the experience at the game was enjoyable and I had fun, I'm going to the game. Oh, like, and I, I would never like choose to watch something on TV over going to a live sporting event. But um, unless the live sporting event, you knew the experience was going to suck. Well, sure, but right? Yeah. It's like if you're an Indiana fan and you know, oh boy, Penn State's coming in this weekend. It's going to be a real pain in the ass to go to this game. Then you stay home. Well, you're certainly like more your your level of interest then totally depends on like whether your team is good or not versus whether you just like going to a sporting event. Right. Well, I mean, the team being good that's that's also on the athletic department and athletic well, director sure. to to control. But I I just don't think that we talk enough about. Everybody wants to jump to the easy, like, well, it's so much easier to sit at home and watch on your TV. Sure. I, I don't disagree with that. But if the business you're, you know, patroning, make sure that the event is fun, then people are going to go have fun. If people go to the Holy Grail for an away game watch party and the service isn't great and the food isn't great, nobody's coming back. But guess what? We keep putting more and more people at our watch parties over the past four years since we started doing them because between when we were at TAS and then now between the Grail and Mio's, they have a good experience. So they're comfortable trusting us to come and, 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 and do that, which has not been the case at a lot of places. No. I, I just wanted to say that because I think that like that might be like in talking to John and, and talking to Anthony and getting this feel for like we're finally getting a feel for John's administration, right? Well, and it's a it's a dynamic too. Like there's there's other there's way more other things to spend your money on, so you have to yeah for sure you have to make sure you do all you can because you're competing with professional leagues that have endless budgets for things like that it's not like people you know they're yeah. all right they're all right there in your city this isn't like a, an indiana or a even a louisville where if you want to go to a sporting event that matters like this is your choice like this is right it. not that's not the situation that we're in i enjoy the great american ballpark experience i like going to games there i mean you know say what you will about the reds right now but i like <laughs> you know i don't get to do it a whole lot but when I go, I genuinely, like, I enjoyed. I think uh, the, the, the stadium is designed well. I think there's good seating. 
I think there's a lot of options for food and beverage. Um, I, I think their video and audio presentation is good. I don't like NFL games because I think it's just too overserved anymore yeah. to like really actually get to enjoy. So I've just kind of cut that out of the loop of things that I do. Um, but UC's got to get that part right. And I think they've got an administration right now that understands that at a level that I, I very rarely see in sports. We're going to meet on Monday. And if shit was messed up, then we're going we're gonna to talk about fixing the shit that was messed up Monday. We're not putting that off. We're not addressing that next week or next year. We're not waiting for the offseason. We're going to try to get it fixed by next week. I think it's a great sign for, for where this thing's headed. Yeah. Yeah, I don't disagree with the word of that. All right. Well, that's all I got to say then. I'm done. You technically are over two hours today. You're at like yeah. two hours and 20 minutes today. Two podcasts, doesn't it? I tried to make it one, and you didn't want nothing to do with that. No. God, no. Well, not make it one, but, like, just edit the first part into the second part. You know, a lot of podcasts do that, where they pre-record guests, and then then we could have been over the two-hour mark. But, you know, I, I let you off the hook this time. You owe me one on this one. I don't owe. No, I don't owe anything. Not how this works at all. I'll go back and edit it all, splice it all together. Do whatever so you want. You, everybody knows it's two <laughs> different. Everyone knows it's two different ones. <laughs> What's your plan this weekend? Uh, let's see. Well, Watch Notre Dame, Wisconsin at noon. Is it well, noon? Actually, this this whoever made this schedule. Ryder Cup. Ryder exactly, Cup is Dave's plan. Exactly. So whoever made this schedule, I owe many uh, bouquets of flowers and edible arrangements since i will be watching very little college football this weekend starting bright and early tomorrow morning uh it is it is three days you take tomorrow off no i'm work at home okay why well, I, I didn't know if you could take it off and just like because you're going to focus no I intently be, on the rider it'll Cup. be in the, in the background okay but uh but yeah three days of golf very happy about that not exactly thrilled about, you know, another another casualty of COVID. I was supposed to be at the Ryder Cup last year. Yeah. But uh, when they decided to go no fans and not have it, we decided to just get our money back and not keep our tickets for this year. So it bummed, about, bummed about that because I worked an event at Whistling Straits, so I know the area, I know the course very well. My aunt and uncle are there. That's right out. It's in, it's, is it in Missouri? No, no, Wisconsin. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Right, out, it's it's out, my, right outside Milwaukee in Sheboygan. My, my aunt and uncle are there. They live in St. Louis, so they went up. Hour north of Sheboygan. Yeah, they're up, they're up at the right. They've been posting pictures on Facebook the yeah. past couple of days. But, uh, but yes, yeah, so I'll be watching a lot of golf. Uh, I think we are celebrating my birthday Saturday or Sunday. I, the big four zero. so you're like a week two well what a week and a half away week and a half away something like that 10 but yeah but okay two weeks away we have no other like notre dame's next week uh we're not doing i always get you and mo confused mo is exactly two weeks 
from my birthday and you're exactly one week. I'm, Mo's the third, you're the 10th, I'm the 17th. So it would have been nice if it was at, if it was Notre Dame weekend. That would have been fun. But uh, yeah. All right. Well, there's a loud ruckus downstairs in the kitchen. I don't know if you can hear your house. So something is breaking uh, and it's not news. Uh, my daughter has been left to her own facilities and uh, apparently it's not going well. So I'm going to have to go play dad and please God, just like Kelly come home tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> 20 days, like th- three weeks, three weeks. I think that's, it's a, it's a, bit, it's, it's a bit much. It's a, it's a lot. She wants to come home. We want her to come home. So thanks to everybody for thinking us. I, somebody hit me up today. Apparently there's going to be a GoFundMe started. I, I didn't want to do it, but someone is insisting and I can't tell, make them not do it. So <laughs> I'll put it on the, if it happens, it'll be on the board. And uh, if you can help, great. If not, no worries. Like we'll, we'll, we're strong. We've been through a hell of a lot. We've figured out a lot on our own and, and we'll continue to figure it out. But if you want to help, you know, uh, we, we greatly appreciate it, but we'll see. I, I, I don't have an answer on that yet. So, all right, man, let's get out of here. I got to go make sure that my house isn't burning down or something along those lines. Did you hear that? I did. She, that was, that was from the kitchen downstairs. You're, you're, you're a Chad. She's a little Yeah, I'm not. Uh... Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> She, she's going to be in for a rude awakening when mom comes home because dad has let a lot of the rules lax over the past three <laughs> weeks because this is a very tough situation for everyone to deal with. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, the calling me Chad thing is not going to, not going to last long in the Brendo right. household. Yeah. It's going to end real quick, like 45 seconds after this podcast ends. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Great stuff today, Dave. That was a hell of a day for the BCJ podcast. Uh, I'm I'm worn out. I'm tired. <laughs> Action Cookbook was great. That was it was great to have him on. Uh, and and I'd like to build that relationship. I'm dead serious. Like, if he wants to do a podcast, we have a podcast network. We do. I would be glad to bring him on and uh, get another interesting perspective on UC athletics. So. That invite is open. I, I hope he understands. He is more than willing to uh, to jump on board if he has an, uh, an idea and a, a, a way to a willingness to to do it. We might have I don't know. We might have another podcast coming on the network soon. I'm I've been in business mode <laughs> as I've been sitting in the hospital for three weeks. Like a lot of extra time, a lot of extra time. So maybe there'll be something else jumping into the uh, Bearcat Journal family as well. Never enough content, Dave. There's no right. such thing as too much content. No, such and maybe the maybe the new the new podcast will coincide with the uh, off-topic board that we've talked about in the yeah. past. Who knows? Just food for thought. All right, <laughs> <coughs> that's going to wrap it up. I get a little choked up here at the end. That's going to wrap it up. Thanks to John Cunningham earlier today. Thanks to our new friend. I love making new friends. New friends are great. Thanks to our new friend, Scott Hines, Action Cookbook. Check him out on Twitter, at Action Cookbook. Subscribe to the newsletter. uh, Get his UC content uh, there. And uh, 
I've got an ICR coming from Aaron tomorrow. We'll have Eric's uh, look at the AAC, uh, getting you ready for Saturday with uh, all Saturday games this week. And uh, the fun never stops. He's Dave Simone. I'm Chad Brendel. This is the Holy Grail BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com.